0: I hope you've played video games. Ish or I'm gonna be talking to myself here.
1: Ish, I mean I'm aware of the new hotness. Um, so what
0: I would say, uh, you know, when I tell you about these games, man, I want you to like interview me. I want you to to go hot and heavy on the big questions.
1: Are these games doing it?
0: Are video games? Are they pushing the envelopes?
1: Are they pushing the envelope? Are they making guess... the magic happen?
0: I guess it depends depends on what what kind of sorcery are you looking for
1: um I don't know maybe the birth of a new genre
0: that's pretty cool these days do we have a new new genre have you heard of this uh this new thing it's it's this crazy new thing it's called auto chess have you heard of this strategy game have you seen this have you seen this have you heard of this it's like a game that plays itself Oh, then it, reason, that sounds stupid.
1: I I would never, I would never play that. In so you know what I'm is going back cool to my about
0: games. auto chess? No, is that these are drafting games. These are yeah. there are no like this is the first time that I think drafting. I mean, you know, drafting is part of arena in like Hearthstone and other games, but this is the first game that I think this is the first genre that's really centered around like drafting as a mechanic. And yeah. it's so cool. Like an active because, an
1: active draft against someone else.
0: And in that MOBA style, like it's so different from like a card game, right? Because with a card game, you sort of know your strategy going in, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like my deck is based around doing this, so that's what I'm gonna do. But the cool thing about drafting games, uh, and this is something that you and I have experienced a lot through playing drafting board games, uh, is every time that you play one of these, uh, you're getting a different experience, right? Because the, the things that are being offered to you are different. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about that today in episode 234. Yeah, What's it's the definitely with uh, June, the 30th
1: be with actually, uh, June the 30th, be with you. 235,
0: actually. June the
1: 30th, be with you. and It's
0: almost July. It is almost
1: July. Tomorrow's a big day for uh, Epic Seven fans, uh, of which I am one. Uh, maybe a, Maybe a super fan. But um, I
0: think you probably are. A super. I wonder, have you spent as much on Epic Seven as I have on Path of Exile? Please say no.
1: I don't have a good concept of what you spent on Path of Exile, but uh, I know how much the Path of Exile packs cost, and I'm going to say yes, probably. Oh my. Yes.
0: Well, I hope you've got, I've gotten, uh, I've gotten a, 1,500 I've, hours out of it i probably have <laughs>
1: probably have <laughs> like especially recently like i i i had a, a a period where i was like ballooning out into um other games and trying all this different stuff because it was like um oh there's this new like this new genre that i'm being aware of of this gotcha games and like it fulfills a lot of different things i like like um RPG-style character building and Statman maxing and, like, constantly, you know, like, like the grinds for rewards and stuff like that, story-based, cool characters, um, gambling, uh, and... You uh, love
0: gambling. I fucking love gambling. That's why I play Path of Exile, you know.
1: Yeah. Um... I love that gamble. Yeah, so then I tried all these different games, and some of them stick, some of them didn't, a little bit. The, uh, the last time we podcast, I was talking about this game, Overhit, and Overhit's going and it's in a weird spot but um but that's one of the ones that i play every day and but like epic seven has kind of like closed the loop a little bit where it was like i was playing epic seven and then a little bit less epic seven as i tried out all these other games and now that i'm kind of like now i'm like oh these other games are good in a lot of cases but they're not epic seven good and i come back around to epic seven and then recently i've just been playing a lot of epic seven um especially since like there's like tons of new stuff being added so
0: very cool so yeah. tell me so let's get your mobile games out of the way no um so let's you've do, been playing epic 7 well well uh, there
1: i think one of the interesting things is that there's been a crossover of a mobile game onto the the greater world the right like i but i don't know i don't think uh, auto chess started as a mobile game but i think it got popular no
0: at i the mean time. and also i don't think that people are coming to this for mobile for mobile because it turns out that these games are too long for mobile.
1: Yeah, they are a little too long. But um, these, these Dota, are, what is are it? Are like Underworld
0: games. Underlords.
1: Underlords and uh, uh, Auto Chess are on mobile.
0: Yes, but Teamfight Tactics, which is going to be the one that sticks, you think so? The most, in my opinion, uh, League of Legends has the biggest audience, right? Especially outside of the U.S. Uh, and they've got a style, right? They've they've got a killer style. Gone and, and it's so good to see those characters...
1: Somewhere else doing, for the first time, right? Else. Isn't it kind of weird?
0: No. I
1: think it's really weird, and I would just say it's really weird because um... I don't know, like, there, there's there's so many... Th- I, I don't know if it's just maybe auto chess is like an easy game to, to, to make, because it seems like it's a really easy genre to make, because like when... I feel like I heard auto chess, because auto chess itself... Was going on for a little bit, right? Like maybe a year or so, right? Am I wrong? And then, uh, okay,
0: yeah. I'm and calling. then,
1: um, like Auto Chess, the or- origin or whatever, they kind of it seems. I, to I feel have, like
0: it actually took like what? I feel like people started talking about Auto Chess in like January.
1: Yeah, I'd heard it a little bit. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Also, but it uses Dota assets, so it's kind of like.
0: That's how Dota was born. Right? That's how Dota
1: was born because Dota uses Warcraft Three, Reign of Chaos assets. And then now you have a game that's like born off of Dota. It's like um, when someone samples a song, and then someone and then like the 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 vast majority of people forget that the song was sampled or a cover, and then someone covers that cover or sample. You know what I mean? Like where it's like we we've, we've gone so far down the rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, so so Auto Chess has been around for a little bit. But then what surprised me was like. I heard Auto Chess in a larger capacity recently with it going, like, mobile and big numbers appearing for, like, like people are more interested in it and there's more access to it. And I was around that same time that it was like, but also it's interesting because Auto Chess is going to have a competitor in a Dota version of Auto Chess. And around that same time, like, a day or two later, I was like, oh, and then there's Teamfight Tactics. I just was shocked that, like, it all happened really quickly for this, like, fledgling genre. And it's weird that to me that riot chose this because they've always only centered on league and league and, and just stuff that's in league and just the league game is, is, is team fight tactics in a league client?
0: It is. Yeah. Okay. You open it through the, for through the league client.
1: So that makes it a little bit, for some reason that does make it a little bit more connected, but so, so what do you know about
0: uh, team fight tactics so far?
1: Um, I, I don't know how it differs itself from the uh, well, what do you
0: know about what do you know about Auto Chess?
1: So as far as I know about Auto Chess and the simplified version of it is like you are like you like there's a economy where you are every round get, like getting a draft of characters and you pay for the characters and so you have like limited stuff of like maybe a really good character is 600 but then you can get two weak characters for 300 just like a dumb example and then those characters you place them on a map and they will execute an AI pattern um yeah. so like you know that like this character will always attack backline units so if you know that an enemy has like a strong ranged character that's going to sit in the back and attack then you buy a bounty hunter and that character teleports to the back line and kills the backline. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: so, so there's there's a few more things. There's right? also so web,
1: There's like items and
0: in legal in in so I don't know about the items in uh, Underlords, but I know they have items in Underlords. Items. Okay, because I mostly have played teamfight tactics and uh, yeah, so in teamfight tactics, which is the one that I mostly played, so I, I can't really talk too much about the differences yet. Um, at, the, at the start of the game, you're buying like these really weak, cheap units when you buy multiple units of the same character, uh, they level up together. So if you buy, like, three Darius, you'll get a level two Darius. If you buy nine Darius, then you get a level three Darius. Um, and, and also, the characters are of different rarity, which means that uh, Leona will be better than Braum, and, and these are sort of color-coded, and, and they cost more, right? And, and on top of that, every... Uh, it's funny that Braum's a newer character. Here.
1: And that Leona... every
0: uh every character has like these archetypes so like lulu is a yordle and um and Tristana's a yordle and if you get multiple yordles you'll get an effect like uh attacks against yordles have a chance to miss and every character has like two of these so i think Lulu would be like a yordle and a sorcerer. So you're trying to mix and match these characters so that you're getting these benefits while at the same time measuring like, you know, what's available to you in a draft. So so there's like a lot of consider essentially while you're making these drafts. So So it's hard for one strategy to sort of become the be-all end all, but there are definitely like these characters are better than the other characters. Uh, like right now, Yasuo is considered really good, Suck and Draven that. is oh, considered really good. How
1: did that happen? How do you let that happen, Riot? In two games, you let him get out of control in two games, Riot.
0: Yeah, but and then essentially, one of the the ways that may, that's different about Teamfight Tactics than other is that the in the middle of rounds there will be this sort of like a sushi conveyor belt of characters. And whoever's uh, got lower health, they get first access to the conveyor belts where these characters and items are floating around. And you get to choose, essentially, the character and the attached item. So one of the things that I worry about, and I don't know if this is definitely the case, but one of the things that I worry about is that the game is really about uh, doing poorly in the first few rounds so that you can like get a essentially lose so that you have a better chance at getting a good character on the conveyor belt. Right? So trying to essentially balance your life pool. You lose life every time you lose battles. Balancing that life pool against the fact that you're also you know, it's kinda good to be doing poorly. So it is weird to know what the best thing to do is. And maybe that's not a bad thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I like it so far. I think that the games are a little shorter than, uh, Underlords. I, I think that my games are clocking in at maybe like 15, 20 minutes. I'm not, I, I guess I haven't really counted, but.
1: And this is open to everyone now?
0: Yeah, it's open to everybody. All you have to do is, uh, you have to have the League client installed. It's really cool to see so many people, like, that I like.
1: Like this stream guy's again. Toast.
0: Again, like, like Toast, like, uh, Hafu and Dog, um, yeah, it, and they so really those are three Hearthstone it players. Excited, excited you think that they would have,
1: it. you think that they would want to be playing Hearthstone, right?
0: Yeah, Hafu said that she would never play Hearthstone again unless they like new cards are never going to do it for her and that she would require them to essentially make a new game mode or something else.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, kind of where you can't just make new cards to fix the problems in that game. There's just too many problems designed into that game.
0: Uh, but there aren't too many problems designed into the Teamfight Tactics yet. Uh this game is so wildly popular that on the day it released, I waited over an hour to find a game and the servers were so overloaded that I could not get in. Um yeah. but it's cooled down now. Uh, uh there there has been a queue to like actually log into the League client because of how like insanely popular it is.
1: That's pretty that's so funny that it's like there's there's League and League is like the first one to make MOBAs a mainstream, and then they take team fight tactics. Like they they they, have, they so have the finger. Like Riot has the finger on the on the pulse of like oh here's another thing that like another like burgeoning genre that doesn't have an official title in it that that union that like everyone can rally under. Like here's another thing where. Like there's auto chess and it's like this weird mod that creates a new genre of gaming that like Riot's like, oh yeah, we could do that too. We could have that be official.
0: So the game is also pretty entertaining to watch sort of because of the same reasons that like Hearthstone was, where it's like kind of relaxing. It's not twitchy. It's easy to follow and understand uh, what's going on. There's the right level of game interaction so that the streamers can actually like you know, talk about what they're doing and what they're thinking. Uh, so this game is kind of worth playing, even just if it's enough to understand. Uh, you know, watching streamers because I think that this is just a really fun game to watch and and also to be a part of while it's like this fresh new thing. So you could start to you know learn some of these initial strategies and see how it develops while Riot is still working out the game and probably. Adding in a lot more characters. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think I should like it. Uh, I, I I haven't really spent that much time with it, but um, uh, it's very
0: agree. It's very palatable.
1: Yeah, agreeable. Um, I was kind of interested. Like I remember mentioning this to you, it's not the. It, it's not the same thing. It's 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 definitely a little bit different, but there's similarities between um, kind of like a new up and coming genre that started in korea um and is like there's more games that are kind of coming out like this and they're they've got that gotcha aspect and um that rpg and like leveling characters and equipping them with stuff and like you know talent doing talent trees and specializing all these characters and doing all this number kind of crunching stuff but it similar to auto chess like you set them up in a formation and then, uh, like, a time where it's, like, they this one will go, and then this person will go, and then this person will go in an order, and the enemy team is doing the same thing, um, and it's, like, so it's, like, a completely auto thing, um, and that, I, I, like, I appreciate that, so I should maybe appreciate auto chess, which is, like, more active, but less on the side of, like, you know, getting to know those characters, or, you know, do your own stuff with them.
0: Yeah. But yeah, totally not the same. thing. Yeah, it's not, not the same is, thing because like, you're not drafting. You're not drafting it. You're building and, up
1: so. characters and then putting and then like you have access to all of them, obviously. And then you're putting them into a formation. But it's a little. But it's just similar yeah. in the way that it's like um, AI executing a pre-planned strategy.
0: So so that's auto chess. It's been fun to play, and it's also been fun to watch. While I was a, uh... but you know, mostly last week I was watching uh, summer games done quick.
1: Yeah, I didn't have that much time, but I saw some good games. I'm like looking forward to going back and looking at the archives. I always love when a new game's done quick because you. I used to be that I could just watch it almost straight for the week, but now I just feel like I'm ridiculously busy, so I get like I had to watch it slowly for the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, the Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two runs were very cool. My actual my favorite run was Resident Evil Two Remake. Yeah. That was very cool to watch. There, there there's a ton of really neat glitches and, like, not glitches, but AI manipulation around, like, Mister X and things like that that I thought were really cool. Mister X, where, 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 like, for example, uh, Mister X would be in another room, and instead of trying to shake him loose, what the player would do is they would seemingly, like, you know, if you didn't know what was happening, it would seem like they just shot the ground. But what they're actually doing is they're calling, you know, they're essentially making sure that he knows where they are so that he can follow from a specific direction so that he can't appear in an unexpected place. And uh, I thought it was cool because it helped me learn a lot about that game. Like, it was interesting to find out that the, the zombies react to you even when you're not in the same room as them. So I thought that was pretty cool.
1: That's really cool. I mean, that not that one of the coolest things in general is like getting to peek under the hood of these games sometimes that like, there's a certain magic that, that comes with game design when you're not the one that's designing the game where, um, if the game is well-designed it kind of just all flows, right. And it looks like things are good, but there's all these like kind of band-aids working behind the scenes, um, that, that like can be pushed, like poked and prodded at. And I really love that. Um, yeah. I didn't get a chance to to see a lot like I said uh but I I did what when I when I tuned in I saw like some really cool different things um for example I saw 100% Majora's run with uh Majin Phil and Majin Phil is like probably like the premier one of the premier runners of that uh if not the most charismatic and like the most popular of them um yeah. so t- so like I I always say when uh one of the game's done quick uh, comes out like whenever they do games on quick uh that i love 100 uh, percent runs because those are the you get to see the most of the game and the most kind of speed tech and stuff like that so i'm excited to to watch that again and I, and I i always get really excited when you get to see um games that have come out since then like i can't think of i i, I saw a couple games that like have come out since then are and are popular i mean like i love odyssey's speedrun
0: well, Celeste came out, and that's uh, been pretty cool to watch speedruns. Yeah, out. that's one of
1: those games that was definitely made with that in in uh, consideration.
0: Uh, so another one that was really cool was the Kaizo Relay Race, where essentially it's four-person teams. Every time you die, it rotates, uh, and the runners have to complete a series of Kaizo levels. Yeah. That was very cool. Um yeah, and I think that also it's really exciting to see that right on the release of Mario Maker 2, which I've also been playing.
1: Oh, is it? It's out?
0: Yeah, Mario Maker 2 came out on Friday. It is uh, probably the best Mario game, right? I mean, it is infinite Mario. And um, it, it's it's hard to really talk about Mario Maker, I think, because everyone's experience with that game is going to be so different. I will say that there is a story mode. Uh, where essentially you're rebuilding this castle and you're getting jobs. And the jobs are essentially just handcrafted Nintendo-made levels uh, that are, as they say, built to inspire. So Ooh, essentially, I, I like that. They're, they're there to teach you about all the different, you, not all the different, but a lot of the considerations that you could make in your own level. One of the things that I think is is one of the biggest changes to Mario Maker 2 is that you can impose like challenges and restrictions on levels, uh, such as the player can't progress unless they collect all the red coins. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's a, in that's this a level really, you can't jump. That's a huge
1: right? change, actually.
0: So yeah, that that really ups the game in terms of what people can can sort of impose and force and and sort of uh, the, the best thing about Mario Maker is just that. Uh, and I think we, we produce an article about why Mario Maker is so good and also so watchable. But the, the wonderful thing about Mario Maker uh, to play and to watch is that the rules of Mario are so easy to understand and so well telegraphed, um, except for when people hide Kaizo blocks. But other than that, it's really easy to understand like what people are going for and to sort of look at the screen and understand what's happening And, yeah, this is just more Mario Maker, and it's a lot more. There's so many different, like, tile sets and, um, like, music, which I think is really important and exciting to have in a Mario game.
1: Yeah, that's cool. The variety does mean a lot for creators, but uh, definitely stuff like being able to impose uh, gating is a big deal because I feel like that was something that people had to, like, hack in before. Like, they had to do, like, weird workarounds. Um... And a level to think about, that I but made, that's definitely a yeah. consideration that you want as a game designer is like having something that you might have to collect before progressing to the level instead of just like running through it as quickly as possible.
0: So, in the first Mario Maker, they sort of drip fed out uh, certain mechanics. So, for example, when Mario Maker first came out, there were no checkpoints. So, when I made a very long level, I wanted to. Art like, find a way to put checkpoints in. And the way that I did that is that I hid pipes throughout the level that were sort of obscured by other pieces of the environment. So once you take the pipe once and you see yourself ending up at the beginning of the stage again, you sort of understand that that pipe is there for your next run. So I sort of created my own uh, checkpointing system, right? Yeah. Exactly it's what exciting. I was talking
1: about before of like hacking around.
0: Yeah, and it's exciting to see uh, as they introduce more tools. I don't think they're taking that ingenuity away. Instead, they're just introducing even more crazy things uh, that I that I bet the developers of the game haven't really thought about yet.
1: Yeah, because then you're not having you're not having to spend a lot of time. Th- like instead of spending your time creatively thinking about how to make a checkpoint system, then you spend your time creatively thinking how to make the next thing.
0: Uh, another thing that's pretty cool is you can download levels, which I think is pretty neat for the Switch, since it's uh, you know on the go, and maybe you don't always have Wi-Fi, so you could download a handful of levels, play it that way. Or you could play through the story mode. I gotta say, having uh, you know Nintendo-curated levels does a lot for this game. It, it's also crazy to think that the first game really didn't have anything like that. was still pretty successful and i and i think also my favorite thing about mario maker is just seeing how the giant bomb community and you know gaming communities sort of develop around it is very cool yeah the stream the stream culture and even just like sharing your levels and getting them played on stream is uh it's really awesome
1: has there been anything else I feel like Uh, I've been so far removed from...
0: I uh, cleared Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh,
1: Man, what is that out on? That's not on, I'm sure, Steam, but it's on Switch?
0: It is on Switch, but I've heard that uh, the Switch port is not so great. But that is a really good game. Uh, I 100%ed the map, but I didn't 100% everything. I just started my New Game Plus run, and for me, it took probably around 20 to 25 hours. Uh, so it was pretty long. But if you've played like the best Castlevania games, then you probably know what to expect from this game. Uh, so my favorite feature in these sort of Castlevania games of this st- style, like a Aria of Sorrow, is that every monster has a shard. And essentially what the shard is, is if you kill a monster, it has a chance to drop its shard. And that shard is a unique spell that you get from that monster. And there are different ones available to you in this game. Like, if you kill a bat, you can get a shard where you can summon bats. But if you kill uh, an axe thrower, you instead get this uh, essentially a directional spell where you can point it somewhere, hit the button, and then you throw an axe. So there are, I think, five different types of spells where one of them is like summoning, one of them is a familiar...
1: Is this an, are you talking about Aria of sorrow, or you're talking about Bloodstain, right?
0: I'm talking about both, because both of these games have well, I think the Bloodstain is specifically the one that has these uh five different forms. So there's a summon, a directional spell, a transmo, a trans uh a transmutation spell or a transformation spell, a uh like a passive okay. and a familiar that can follow you around and give you buffs and stuff. So it's really cool because every car- like uh, enemy has like it, it drops like you know, crafting materials. They can drop weapons. They can drop these shards. So there's also just like a lot of reasons why you would want to like grind in an area, and it's just like packed with all of these secrets and all these weird weapons. And uh, there's three difficulties, and you only get one difficulty at the start. Um, I, I think the challenge with building a game like Bloodstained is when you introduce like you know a hundred different weapons. And a hundred different spells that all interact with one another, there is really that likelihood of one thing is gonna be really broken. And you're gonna stumble upon it and it's gonna make finding other things less exciting, right? Because yeah. you already have your stupid broken powerful combo. And when you you know, when you switch off of it, you're doing less damage or it's not working out. But I but I think one of the things that makes it work out okay is that the game has a fairly robust system of like strengths and weaknesses, right? Like So fire, ice, divine, um, dark, uh, slashing damage, piercing damage. And, and the cool thing about this is that it sort of prevents one strategy from becoming too powerful against everything. So, so you sort of have to choose your loadout based on what the boss that you're fighting is like. So I thought that that was pretty cool and yeah i want to check I that might, out and right now i think there's only one character but i think that they're planning two other unlockable characters um this is probably a hard 10 out of 10 for me it's probably like a solid just like one of the best games of the generation and definitely wow you say that's so common so these. casually
1: but yeah i one mean of I... the
0: best one of these metroidvania definitely the best or one of these. yeah the yeah. best metroidvania the best the best side-scrolling castle explorer game.
1: Well, don't say too many words, because then you feel like you're narrowing it down. But I just feel like that game was going to be good. I'm impressed. I'm, I mean, I'm happy. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say that it was going to be good. Like, it could have gone in any direction, and it definitely could have...
0: Especially with, like, the reception of, like, Mighty Number no. 9, right? Where it was, like, this kind of Kickstarter game. and when, And when this game, you know, first showed, people were like, not so hot on the style. I think this game looks really cool. I think the way that they sort of do this, like, 2.5D uh, style is very cool. Where you are running on a 2D plane, but you're running through a 3D environment.
1: Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it um, cel-shaded, too? It's um, got, like, it, it's got a nice painterly art style, if I remember correctly. It's
0: It's got those hard edges. I like that. Sure.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the uh, comic book black lines. But um, I really like that... I, I, I really appreciated a trailer that they had that was like uh, the community like like was like, oh, the game looks cool. This art style is so drab. It looks uninteresting. This is boring. And then the developers were like, like took it so to heart where they're like, OK, we'll do the whole thing over again. So, OK, so enjoy that. Like almost this like slap in the face to the fans. Uh, that like was it, i mean it was positioned like a joke like a slap in the face but uh but they did a fantastic job and i i more and more appreciate that because uh i feel like as i watch games as i watch like uh g- games medium grow uh i think for a long time it was like you know do, I, I appreciated developers having a uh, a st- taking a stance on things and doing things their own way but i'm now more seeing like man the community can sometimes be right about a lot of things, especially when they're the ones that like have to interact with the the end product for for a really long time.
0: And, and in the case of this game, they already bought it, right? Yeah. So many of these people complaining were Kickstarter backers.
1: Yeah, it's it that's that, that was the other the cool thing. I don't even know if I said that, but it, it's cool to see a uh, Kickstarter game uh, deliver hard. Like that's the, that's always a dream, right? Like you like you when you back a Kickstarter. I think there is a little bit of hope of, like... Because it's in the planning stages, right? So you see the best that it could be rather than what it is. So you see, like, the dreams of... This would be really cool. this one concept alone would be really cool. I wonder if they have more concepts or if they'll you know expand that outwards. So when you're backing a game like that, when you're backing a game like bloodstained, you're thinking like, oh, it's got these great developers uh, it's got this these cool concepts behind it. They're trying to do and like these creators of the the creator of the genre wants to uh, you know do his own, um metroidvania without a publisher involved so that he can do whatever he wants and you know maybe a little bit of thought is like it's going to be what if it's the best one of those and i'm backing it you know i get it like i'll get some like merch and stuff and i'll get it maybe cheaper than uh end users might get it uh and that's not often the case obviously but it's really cool that, that it's really cool to hear you say that like you're loving it that much it might be one of the best Uh, metroidvania games ever uh, right now Uh, It that's really that's really neat because that's what you hope that's what the platform exists for right
0: and and it does so many things that are so surprising Uh, I I mean you know you get these metroidvania-esque abilities but some of them are so wild that you know you're like you know like you'll see a ledge that's too high to jump up and you'll get like a, a double jump and you'll be like Okay, so I have this double jump, but that ledge over there is still too far. I wonder how I'll get that. Yeah, and then jump. you finally get the ability to do it and you're like, holy shit, that's way crazier than I thought. Oh. Um so so that's really exciting. Um it's really really good. Um excited to see uh the 13 free DLCs that they're coming out with. That'll be that'll be neat. There's already like a boss rush mode which I might be able to get behind, but I also really like that you can, once you beat the game, you get a new game plus where you can start over with your items at a higher difficulty. So, so that's also really exciting. So if you, if you ended up finding a broken combo that just really did get you through the whole game, then maybe on that second playthrough, you'll find something a little bit more challenging. Yeah. So very cool. I, I will say the one thing uh, that, that's sort of upsetting to me is that I haven't had more time uh, to play the outer wilds.
1: Yeah, you said you were you were really excited about that game.
0: It is very and I still have gotten a chance like game. it is a very good game. It's sad <laughs> because
1: like my life is like I had uh like I have a long commute and I'm sure yeah the listeners are bored of hearing that but yeah I have like 11 hour days basically 5 days in a row and then I either have 2 days off or 3 days off and this was my 3 day swing and like this is the first like like get it I got back at like three because for the last two days I was helping my LTCP set up a lot of stuff in her house. So it was a mess and like do some stuff like that. Uh, and then she had like a birthday of her, her cousin's birthday and her friend's birthday and stuff like that. So this is the first like second I'm home basically. And in the, in the last like two weeks almost because the, of the other, the two day swing that came before that uh, one day I had to go to class for eight hours. And then the next day I hung out with you and my LTCP.
0: I I think that I mentioned this a couple, like, years ago, Um, definitely playing video games is so different when you start working a lot and when you start commuting a lot. And it it took me a long time to figure out, like, that balance and to feel like I actually do have time to myself. It was hard to find that time at the start, but I think that's going to be even harder for you because i think that you have even less time.
1: Yeah. Than, I mean I'm, than I, do. I mean there's no balance to find. Like this is I'm at where the balance is. Like I'm lucky if i can get a couple hours in a couple days, you know? Like like if i can get like legitimately two. That's why i like mobile so much right now is because i'm no matter what i'm going to have my phone on me. Um so it's easy for me to get my game fix on the go uh with like Epic Seven or Overhit or something like that. Uh, rather than waiting to, you know, just like pl- like being on Reddit all day reading about games I love, and then in like two or three days, maybe I'll get two hours, or maybe I'll be too tired. That's the other thing is like the t- Sometimes the times that I get it is like, hey, I should really like I'm home. It's uh, like twelve o'clock. Maybe you know Gway or you are on. Maybe we should play Mortal Kombat, and then I'm just like, nah, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm gonna sleep.
0: I feel you. And and that must be hard knowing that in the back of your mind uh the greatest path of exile league of all time is going on.
1: I I I I was uh, off that day when that came out and it, not to say anything bad about the league but man, like I just had this strong feeling of like when I was playing it, I was like loading it up, I wasn't really sure on my build. Nothing seemed like like, every once in a while I see a build that I'm, like, really jazzed about, but nothing I felt jazzed with. I definitely, I couldn't find, like, like, I usually have, going into a league, I usually have, like, I want to play a new thing that they're touching up or a new gem that they created that's going to be the crux of the ability of, of like, my my kit. I want to play something new that I haven't played before. Um, And I couldn't necessarily find that at the time with the uh you the typical um starter builds that i was looking at on youtube and so i was i started off uh playing a little bit i was going to do like a cyclone build and i was playing yeah. a little bit and i was just like but i think it was the first time in path that i was just like i'm bored i'm really bored of these beginning hours like
0: it's starting Did you know to know that 50 percent of players are playing cyclone
1: yeah that was what i was that was the only thing that i was kind of interested in that's the only thing I was that, that I saw like a video of that I was like, oh, that's you know flashy, nice, that's new, because that's what I want. It's like I want something that's gonna be like fun, flashy, new, like all those things. And sometimes I don't get that. Sometimes I do get that. Um, but uh, uh, this was the first league that I really felt like you know like I don't know like like I, I I've always appreciated like I'm and and you know I'm a I'm a flash or I'm a Poe. Um, like noob i'm a poe uh other uh when it when when at least when it comes to path of exile despite the fact that i have like you're like a you're 700... a fair weather player yeah i'm a fair weather player like that's what a fair weather player is in poe when they have like 700 hours spent and oh, like
0: 4:30. But but
1: our... Four... okay so uh, it's a lot of hours okay that's a lot it's of a hours. lot of hours in... i thought i thought it was more than that, in, especially in since yeah in any uh, other game be but a lot. but this was a but this was definitely the first league that i was like man i don't got time for this i don't got time to look at the, to do the beginning of this game again like i'm just so bored that the beginning of the game is like it's important when you have the time to play path that that in the beginning of the game it's kind of slow it's not that exciting and then just that slow gradual ramp into like learning the way that this kit's gonna work and as it comes online and then that moment that it comes online where like all that buildup is kind of rewarded and you're blazing fast and like crushing content that like an hours ago you were just like stumbling through is really exciting. But this was like the first time that it's like, I just literally don't have the time to play path. Like, like if I like just having a couple hours here and there a week is not enough time, especially considering the beginning of the league is so boring. It's so like incredibly boring.
0: I love it still. I mean, but I also have gotten very efficient. Yeah. Where I am in maps I, in like 7 hours.
1: I don't have 7 like 7 hour even if even if I was like hyper is even like that was the thing I was thinking about was that even if I was hyper efficient and well trained and I had like actually taught myself over a long period of time how to bang out the beginning of the game super super quickly. If you're saying like after all that time, your, your timing is like seven hours is when you're, when you're starting to get to end game. Uh, like that for me is like two weeks when I would finally get to, to be able to have that much time on my computer in my house. Uh, like that, that's just not doable. Like I don't want to like spend two weeks putting an hour here, there, uh, into path to finally get to maps like in two weeks and be like bored of a lot of the content before that. I hear you. Yeah.
0: It can be like that.
1: I guess it is. That's not the way I want it
0: to be. I'm on my third character. Uh, I have essentially set it up where I have a farming character. I have a a bossing character, which I actually have just gutted and am totally building from the ground up again. And then I have my weird character, who's definitely... Not great, but is off meta and is original, so that's been kind of fun to play around with.
1: Especially um, when I hear you talk about Poe, I think that you don't understand the end game of Epic Seven and how that is kind of that.
0: It's kind no, of no. They're not the same game at all, even remotely.
1: There, there is similarities.
0: Yeah, but one of them is uh, not like the other. Well, then they're both
1: technically not like the other. But it's a similar like. The, the talking about that is very similar to talking about like, uh, oh, this current endgame boss and ha- requires a specific strategy. So I'm building up a character to have this amount of this stat and this amount of this stat so that it can work with this. And I need to get gear to work with that. And I'm putting a team together that's going to synergize to beat that that
0: this. Yeah, over, but, but over in this Path hurdle. of Exile, what in Path of Exile, anything you kill can get you something amazing. And that's exciting when you're moving from pack to pack and blowing something up and getting stronger. And in Epic Seven, like the biggest, and and also the variety is up to you, right? Like you make a new character and and you can do something cool. And in Epic Seven, like, I don't like that, that the, the business model. Yeah, you can always not like the business model.
1: There's there's many people who play free to play. I mean... I, I would say that I've never felt like that in path. Like the most I've ever felt excited for getting is currency because I've, I, I think the, the, the frustrating, the thing, one thing that I think I, I would hope I, I wish that path mm-hmm. would get better at in the future is that in Diablo, you would get a, a, an item for that character and get excited about that. Like as a big drop, I, I have no sense of like, like I, I know it's there and I know you, you like you, definitely at harder uh at higher level content or the sp- the specified content that has like the best drops uh can be excited to see a-, a drop happen but like i after playing 400 hours or whatever uh i have never had that feeling like i've just never found a drop that was like oh this is specifically good for me and i'm excited for it it's like the only the best that can't feeling be true. I, what
0: that can't be true. Does that mean that you've literally only ever bought items? Yeah, is pretty rare? The, for the, me, best, the
1: best, the best thing I can I've, I can say that mm-hmm. I rem- the best thing that I remember ever getting was t- in two different leagues. I have gotten a tabula, and that was a really good drop because it's like, oh, I'm definitely going to use that. I'm not selling that. Uh, other than that, I have never once gotten a drop that was specifically good for my build that I was going. Um, like I, and sometimes I've gotten a drop where I was like, this could be maybe good, but I would have to like have a different character and I don't want to spend all that investment in it. I've never once the, the, I, one of the the problems with that is definitely that like some of the best gear, like you've said before, like a lot of the best gear in, in path, uh, drops at like specific stages. It drops on like specific maps or maps that have certain modifiers. Um, so there's just i wouldn't even if, and until you get to like the the later later game sometimes you just don't even have a chance to get it you get a drop and you like you 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 look at on path of building or like on a po trade like what is this is this a big thing and people are like just, it's nothing this isn't this is nothing i think drop. that
0: if you played this league um if you did uh you would flip on that because um The content, the the Legion League, drops so much crazy shit and is capable of dropping shit from every league in the past, all of the legacy items. They can drop uh, items that you get at the end of the Temple of Axoadol. They could drop uh, Labyrinth Enchanted items. They can drop uh, bestiary items that have like the beast aspects, like the endgame bestiary stuff on it. And these can just drop from you off of the legion monsters so this league more than any other is very friendly to solo self-found uh which also if you dislike the that sort of style of play of like interacting with trade you could always play solo self
1: i don't think so because i do like i don't know i do i do i like where i'm at Mm -hmm. i like playing uh soft core
0: oh like regular league yeah and the other thing that is super, super exciting in this league is the new uh, time lost jewels, uh, which you get off of the Legion. So these are jewels that socket into your passive tree and they modify every passive in the radius, but they randomize it based on a seed. So every, like, almost every jewel that drops is completely unique and is going to modify all the passives in the radius in a different way. So it's really, really awesome to get one of those and just like put it through your tree to to see like, ooh, what's this one going to give me? And it also, uh, there's essentially 15 different types of these that can also grant uh, brand new keystones on the tree.
1: Yeah, that sounded really cool.
0: this is definitely going core, because this is absolutely the most fun league. Like, bar none. Like, this is the best league they've put out. It's so cool.
1: I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I I'm not, i don't want to, like, I definitely don't want to, anything to sound like I want Path of Exile change for me. Or that, like like, I wasn't, like, I'm sure I would be having a blast if I had put in the time that I have into it uh i don't know it just it definitely just that like it had gotten to me of just like playing and starting out that boring ass beach
0: <laughs> like when, when you when you have less time it's it's a challenge it's hard right? to yeah and it's, a, it's also harder it to is. appreciate
1: like because, in general
0: because like there right now there are so many good games out there it, it's insane <laughs> it's a play right and, and this is the the thing that every uh Games as a Service is talking about where you're not competing. Uh, Battlefield isn't competing with Call of Duty. Battlefield is competing with everything. It's competing with League of Legends. It's competing with mobile games. It's competing with Netflix, right? Yeah. It's a battle for your time. And and for me, uh, yeah, Path of Exile is worth it.
1: I understand. I want it to be because I like Path and I, I love but GGG. I'm- and it sounds but like I'm a great also, league, yeah, and I've spent a lot of time playing, playing so Path, obviously. Games. So, like, it's great to be playing a league that's good because I've spent time playing leagues that weren't good, and it took me a while to realize that. I played a lot of um, that synthesis, recent synthesis, and yikes, a uh,
0: that was the worst. That did not. But I gotta say, also, it, you know, what's so uh, funny is
1: like, is like, I would love to go back to like hear our thoughts in the beginning of like because it was
0: a cool concept and it had some cool, it, was it had really cool, cool visuals,
1: thing. and it and it appealed to It'll us as back. board gamers, right?
0: It'll come back in some different way. Also, one of the things that's been really cool about this league is that people are discovering all of these amazing uh, spells that got overlooked last league. So people are like, oh, this is a good melee league because of all the changes. But actually, here are all these crazy fucking spellcasting builds. Uh, One of the hottest builds right now is a 4 million DPS Shock Nova Inquisitor. And that seems really cool and is extremely affordable, so I've been thinking about it. But what I'm actually building right now is a counterattack build, uh, which is very weird. It's a totally different game because it's all about blocking and then dealing trigger damage on, on retaliates, right? So you block and it triggers an attack against enemies, and it's very safe very good single target but very expensive yeah uh so that's path man i've also been really excited for season two of apex legends
1: i hmm yeah i saw saw some of the video stuff uh i i'm kind of happy that like they're finally doing things
0: yeah Uh, so you and i sort of have a different sort of perspective on apex legends Okay. Uh, I never, go ahead. Ever got bored of Apex Legends? I never got bored either. I love. I think you misunderstand.
1: I never got Uh, bored of Apex Legends, but but I I think that constant iteration or at least talking about the next thing that's going to happen is a like a a super important thing for any games as a service. In this, you know what I feel like happened
0: with Apex Legends is I I feel like they went um, no man's sky on this shit. Where, I, I don't know if you remember when No Man's Sky first released. Everyone remembers. They but, didn't but also say anything.
1: But also, I don't know if you remember, but No Man's Sky wasn't a game when it released, and this was. They, so. so, I
0: don't know if you remember, but everyone was complaining and raising a stink. And Hello Games, Sean Murray, they said nothing.
1: Yeah, I know. That's but different. They, and they, and, they, and they, they got it done. they slowly
0: and slowly iterated on it. And after a while, once the game became good again, they started talking again. And I think that would happen with Apex Legends is they were maybe first off they weren't expecting to get this big this fast and to have to Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think big.
1: anyone would have. I and understand.
0: Now and then they didn't want to say anything because they were still working on season two, right? But I think that now uh they're gonna become more active and talking and communicative because now they've got a lot under their belt. Yeah, sure. I, I I hope I so.
1: But I so, I can still feel like it wasn't me being bored. It was me thinking like the way that you keep people interested is you, you keep going like, and and you don't need, you don't need to necessarily release something. You can, you just need to talk to them or tease things or go or like start getting ready for the next thing. And like, it didn't have to be like, I, I, I always said like, it never had to be huge things. They didn't have to uh, double the size of the roster. They didn't have to uh, make a new map. Like I, I'm not saying that it's just like little things like, cosmetics that don't look like a regular skin and then they like smeared uh jello on their face or something like i don't know something like yeah, that I'm
0: li- like, I, I like the look of the new season two skins but there's so much to like in season two uh the trailer showed a ton of map changes like really drastic differentiation i like that
1: the that's the one thing that's that they're like thing. they seem to be taking more from like Fortnite, where i really appreciate a game like this having a singular map but the map evolves over time so the I
0: love the singular map.
1: Yeah, like I I I, I, do, I do appreciate it. I like I I definitely do. Um, I like that they're Summoner's
0: doing, rift style. The,
1: yeah, they're doing stuff like um like there's that the what's like the charred forest or something that really ugly. Oh, they're area totally remaking. Is growing. It. It's be... is like being. It's like grown overgrown now. Yeah, so
0: the I think it's the flooding is going to cause it to sort of, yeah, get better and. In...
1: Then there's stuff like repulsors broken and exploded and fell down. Uh, one thing I would like to see that, like, or it makes me happy because I, I see that they're obviously going in that direction, uh, but I would think they should go harder in this direction is, uh, and this sounds, maybe this sounds stupid, but like the, uh, the, the wildlife thing. Uh, cause I think that's sure. something that, that Apex had, even from the beginning, you know what's weird is like. From the beginning, what was the thing that, if you had to say a single thing about Apex Legends aesthetic, because I mocked it constant, I mocked it ruthlessly, but there was one thing that everyone could agree was really neat in Apex Legends from the very beginning of the game, and that was what, now, what are now, I guess, called leviathans, uh, the huge creatures off in the distance. They were the one thing that, like, the rest of the game is, like, just so bland I think the characters are just so boring especially when you care when like when you look outside of Apex you look at like League is obviously a gold standard for this but like uh, other things that I do like I think one important thing is like do you look at a character and get like a lot of sense of like their personality and i and in apex i just don't know i don't know what their personalities are and if and if i do i feel
0: like i hate the personalities i like Uh, everyone in apex Legends uh, except for like bangalore i I I do i don't i feel like bangalore is the only one that i think is
1: kind of good because i think her new thing is funny where they just stealth added all these lines they stealth added all these lines where she's like She's like uh like oh I got a new magazine for uh light rounds light round guns fire projectiles that uh pierce through like all this they're they're good for early game drops like she just starts explaining the game like the core concepts of the game when you pick up things Here's a, P, a P-2020. It's not very good, but if, if you have to use it in a pinch, you'll use it in a pinch. Sometimes I drop down and I got to use a P-2020, but then you want to try and get rid of it quickly. But sometimes you can tr- transition into a light build after that if you find the ammo. Like, what is going on? Why are you having a soliloquy to me? But, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like the characters. I don't care about anything about the world. I think it's really boring looking and like, even like little stuff of like, oh, there's Thunderdome. It's like, yeah, it's just like kind of stolen concepts. But, uh, I thought it was cool that like, there like, I think one of the, f- the things that people might not tell you right away about the game, obviously is not to be like, oh, and yeah, there's this, uh, these weird things that are off in a distance. And it was the one thing that you see and you're like, what else is going on in this world? it provokes it instantly provokes so much thought it's like such a small little thing of like so this isn't on earth because there's these massive gigantic beings that are like amber like ambling through the 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 ocean and they're off in the distance so you can't get really get, even get like a good look it was almost like a horror movie or like Jaws or something where like there was this there was, there was this like very subtle concept that threw off your expectations of the world and just like this one simple thing and they didn't even move or do anything. And um recently I know that they were moving throughout the map. Like they started getting closer and closer and one broke off from the other and was moving a- a- around the island that it takes place and then in the trailer it's physically on the island And I guess it plays a it's a hazard like it can stop like it's moving and it stomps down. And like if you get caught underneath it. uh, But yeah, I mean, like, I I don't want like RNG to rule the world, but that's fine. And I want to see more creatures, the dragons that fly around now, where if you kill them, they drop a death box. Um, These big the big leviathans stomping around. I like that. I want to I want to see that.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think that it's exciting that they're introducing like challenges. I think that's a good way to keep the game fresh. So there will be like daily and weekly challenges. I'm I'm all in on battle pass personally. I I didn't hate the first battle pass. I thought the rewards were kind of weak, but I I just like having something to do to be honest.
1: Yeah, so, I think the so I, I think the, prog- cool. the the rewards and the progression was pretty weak. I think that uh, if I felt like it wasn't so grindy, like I felt like Apex Legends battle pass was kind of like I mean it's it's a, it's a hard thing to balance. We always said that because you don't want people to finish it in the first week who are hardcore players, but also you don't want it I don't know if I want to pay for something a battle pass if it's like only hardcore players will complete it. Um, but that'd be how I'd do, I guess.
0: Yeah, but um it's, it's pretty cool. I wonder if they'll actually introduce a second character in this season because I know you know they've been hinting at the next character crypto uh in the trailers so it'd be pretty cool to see them introduced midway out? through the season What watson's out uh on july 2nd on tuesday with the game okay with the uh with the season start
1: all right i was gonna almost be like let's do it let's play and no nah, let's not play
0: i mean i'll be playing i gotta get fresh i gotta get good it's uh it's still pretty hard to just like shoot yeah in games yeah. in general i'm getting better at it and i think i'm pretty good but also, it, it's hard to just, like, y- even with, like, a team, I think that it, it's actually harder to play that game uh, on a team than it is to just play it by myself. Because when you play solo and you're playing against other players who have no idea, you know, who are, like, not coordinated, it's it's so much easier. So is that I that I've gotten... I
1: don't know if that's a thing. That is a thing if you're on a team, then it match makes you with teams, and if you're solo, it match makes you with
0: solos. It definitely seems that way. I think that's... That, that's I'm, I'm I can like imagine prioritizing that, but sure not... I'm not sure that being the case. Yeah. Or at the very least, you're... Well, I think that it's like, if you're solo, you have a chance to go up against twos. Like, teams of two. I could be wrong. But, but essentially, yeah. So, I, I think I've gotten as many wins playing, like, solo as I have um, playing on teams. And I play on teams, like, 90% of the time. But... Uh, ranked mode will change that i think so ranked mode will make it maybe a little bit more i think i'll win a little bit more (laughs) once ranked mode comes in i don't know that my um team's rank will be so hot but i think that's okay
1: anything else for for uh e-games
0: that's all i got that's a lot right
1: yeah it's a lot i mean uh for for me uh uh I still appreciate the hell out of Epic Seven. I do wish that, that you did. I understand not, but um, appreciating it for the the business model, I think it's one of the better business models of these types of games. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's weird when it's a free to play game. Sometimes you, or at least especially in mobile, sometimes you see them making the money back in a in a less than stellar way. Uh, whereas with like free to play games on. Console sometimes they're a little bit better than that, or a game that just makes you pay. You know, do you think bit...
0: that you would have had as much fun with Epic Seven if you didn't spend the amount of money on it you did? Though,
1: um, I, I don't know. I think these days I I would. I. I. You know. You know the thing is that it that is dumb with me is that uh, to be honest, I should have spent looking back on it like half because uh the, so one of the interesting things about Epic Seven's business model uh which I think this is really interesting. Is that uh, you can whale out like what? Why Epic Seven is good for free to play players and why they why free to play players like this game more than a lot of other games on the market is that uh, you you have all the money in the world and you want to whale out super hard. What can you whale out on? Okay, you can get like every character in the game by. Uh, the The drop rates are terrible they're like abysmal and they're like kind of intentionally made like that so you whale out really hard and m- more than anyone else like you have every character that's fantastic the big issue is that power is not defined like account power and like pa- player or like character power is not necessarily defined at all by like the kid or the the character alone it's by finding gear and that is a free-to-play aspect of the game. That's something you have to like keep grinding out gear and working on gear and working on crafting and stuff like that. So I have like, so like spending money on the game has gotten me like different, like all these characters to work with and stuff like that, but that doesn't really mean that like you're gonna progress faster than anyone else because you can only gear like X amount of characters, you know, like like if, like if I have like a hundred characters that are all these different cool, unique characters and Then a free to play player might have like 20 or 30, but we both have gear for 10 characters. You know what I mean? You where can it's like
0: stuff from one character to another, you
1: can, but there's, but they punish you for that,
0: which is also stupid.
1: Um, but it's kind of for this possible reason. I mean, they, they go, they've been doing these events where like, it's free to unequip. I think a lot of people find that immediately of a big turn off. I think like money in the end game is meant to like fluctuate a lot in, in Epic Seven, but as a as like a uh like I think that the I can understand why like developers want gear to be an aspect of building. Like building a character in Epic Seven is like uh th- there's like a lot of time that goes into that and gear is one of the most interesting aspects to to pick because there's all there's tons of considerations that go into like how you d- you build up a character with gear and i could see why they're like they want that to be like a slow process of like investing in gear and building a set that's going to be perfect for that character and not having like um not like allowing people to just like move sets around a lot and have all these like more universal sets rather than going for like specialized sets for characters you like over a long period of time if that makes any sense um but okay. yeah so like I initially didn't like that either uh they, they they do have like events sometimes where it's free like to move gear around but for the most part like uh that's something that almost like it hurts whales more than it hurts free- to- play players because like I said if if like someone spending money has more characters but they only have the 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 equipment to to even make 10 characters work and someone else who's spending no money has like 20 characters but they can make 10 of those work uh then they're gonna spend all this time like building up those that that smaller group of characters and figuring out how that's gonna work where the like whale player just has all these characters in the sidelines basically and they can't just be moving gear around to suit them Whereas the free to play player is like, oh, I, I can't move gear around anyway because I already have the characters I want to use like built up.
0: Have you been playing any other? Uh, well, you've been playing the Harry Potter mobile game, right? I was playing. A that little, yeah, I
1: was playing a little bit of that Harry Potter mobile game. Um,
0: it's not. Can you tell me about how it differs from uh, Pokemon Go? Huh.
1: Um, I guess it. I'm trying to think so, about like so the some, of the, some heard... of the like intricacies. I might. I would forget. Um, but there, um, it's, it doesn't work as well in, in the universe at all. Like using the Harry Potter universe, like Pokemon Go obviously was you're walking around your world and seeing like Pokemon and AR, uh, and it was like, obviously a simulation of like what the Pokemon world is like, where people like trainers in the show walk around and see a Pokemon, or the or the the games, um, whereas Harry Potter the kind of setup for it is a lot less appealing, and that's like um, mm-hmm. you are uh, like a Harry Potter person. You are either like, do you choose like a house? no you don't choose a house you choose like a profession so you're either like an or with an orer, which is like in that, one,
0: by the way that's fucking weird that you don't choose a oh uh, you do house.
1: i mean you i mean you, you like in the beginning i think when you start you uh pick a house and you pick like a wand but that is like like on as far as i know like completely unaffecting i thought the wand shows uh on the screen so that is uh but i thought that,
0: that it would have been like an um in pokemon go where you're choosing like are you red green or blue team? yeah no
1: it's it's not like that and i don't think it even works out like that at all like yeah you're not um you're not fighting the other classes you're more of like so uh, there's a different like a different like you so like if this game were amazing and people were playing a ton of it and you saw people playing it and you wanted to play uh one cool aspect might be that there is this uh this this uh rock paper scissors mechanic where it's um uh like let me let me see quick cuz it's or it's aurors and like basically so who those are like the magical police in Harry Potter like they like like can fight so that's what i picked cuz that's cool um then the other one is like librarians or it's like teachers or something and the other one is like uh like potions masters i think let me I'm playing this up real quick. It's not quick to log into this game, but um, the I, the concept would be like you would work as a team. So uh, instead of the uh, Pokemon gyms that worked in in uh, the Pokemon Go game, uh, people would work as a like a, like red team or blue team would work to take over a gym, and then the other two teams would fight for supremacy of the gym. Uh, in this game, you're kind of all you're more all working together. But uh you have these three different classes that do better or worse. Like the the game itself has this rock, paper, scissors mechanic. So you're best when you're traveling with a group of people that is that that meet those three different classes. Does that make sense?
0: Sure. So are you in Priya different classes?
1: Yeah. So there's orer, magi zoologist, and professor. Those are the three things. So yeah. So like I'm uh I'm the three
0: classics. The
1: three classics. You got the the auras, the people who can fight. Uh, auras deal extra damage against dark forces and take extra damage from beasts. Magi zoologists deal extra damage against beasts and take extra damage from curiosities. And professors deal extra damage against curiosities and take extra damage from dark forces. So, I mean, n- you could tell why this doesn't work in any sense because, like, those aren't concepts people understand. Even Harry Potter fans don't understand the concept of, like oh, of course professors deal extra damage against curiosities and take extra damage from Darfur. Like, that's not a thing. That's not a game. And that's not a language that has been built upon. Like, with Pokemon, uh, like, you know, if you have a passing understanding of Pokemon, then you probably understand some basic typing. And that, so, like, the the, the translation of Pokemon Go, from Pokemon concepts to Pokemon Go was smooth, whereas the translation of Harry Potter is obviously not smooth. So in Pokemon Go, you're walking around, you see a Pokemon, right? And you try and capture this Pokemon. In Pokemon in um Harry Potter, uh, the whole thing is that you're either a Magi zoologist or a MagiZoologist and or or a professor of like the wizarding world and in the human like the muggle world, uh there's this like uh cataclysm that has shown that that like all these magic like outbursts are happening everywhere and you're kind of tasked with like cleaning them up before muggles see them. So you're not instead of like walking around and catching a charmander because you like charmanders and they're cute and they're one of your favorite and you get excited about it. It's like, oh, here's uh Professor Snape getting attacked by a closet with teeth. So then you like break that up. You're like, that's wrong. People shouldn't see this. And then you fight that and then professor snape's like oh thank you and then he disappears and then you get a sticker to put in a scrapbook um where some of them are just you need one sticker to complete it and some of them are like you need to experience that event like eight times 12 times you need to see snape being attacked by a closet with teeth and then fight off the closet with teeth 12 times to to unlock this sticker for a scrapbook like that is not a (laughs) that is not an exciting concept And it doesn't have anything to do with, like, Harry Potter, per se. Like, it's so shoehorned into, like, Harry Potter concepts. Like, how would we get people to collect a Harry Potter thing when, like, in Harry Potter you don't necessarily collect? So it's like, oh, yeah, just all these characters are, like, in little mini-events, and you stop them from happening, and slowly you get stickers for a scrapbook.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, like, none of it works, and, like, like I said, like, uh, you know, Pokemon fans would understand right away, Pokemon Go, some of this stuff, like fire beats grass and it always did that. But I don't think Harry Potter fans, like nothing in the books told you that professors beat curiosity, but lose to beasts. What is that? Um, it's also confusing. Like that's not a thing that like you're gonna know right away. Um, uh, I would say the biggest problem with this game, which is like the real head turner is like, why did you think of this as a, a positive thing? is that to do every action in the game it costs spell energy um, that's normal for a lot of multiplayer or for a lot of uh, free to play mobile games because it's some sort of stamina mechanic where you know the main way they get minnows to buy in is like they get frustrated minnows. with wanting yeah minnows they they get frustrated with wanting to play But they run out of stamina so it's like for a cheap cheap price because we can't get you on that hundred dollar pack but for three bucks right now I can get you to refill your energy and you can keep playing and that's how like they get the people who are way against the big shill but can be bought on that small sale. Just by frustrating them with that kind of stuff. So, that's not crazy. That's fine. What is crazy to me is that... In Pokemon, I don't think I ever really felt like I ran out of things. But in Harry Potter Go, there's no constant energy generation. So... You can go to, like, these dungeons, which are basically the gyms, and burn out all of your energy. And now the way you have to get energy back is by going to... You know how, like, Pokemon Go has, like, landmarks? So the landmarks in, in, um, in Harry Potter Go, uh, basically, is that there is, like, a garden where you can put a seed that will grow. Um, so the concept here is that, like, you go to the garden on the map... And then you put in a seed and then after three hours or two days, you know, a week, depending on how strong this thing is or whatever, uh, you go back and take and grab the the reward from the garden, right? And then the other thing is the uh, the dungeons that you work together with friends to complete. And then you have your regular Pokemon Go style, like, appearances on the map. These, what I was talking about before, is, like, these little mini events. Um and the, uh, the most important thing for me, I feel like, is the inns. And the inns are where you have to, like, eat at to get spell energy. So if you go to, like, like my experience of playing this is, like, I go to a place that's the, the equivalent of a gym, like you do a dungeon, you run completely out of spell energy, and now you have to drive or walk to another area that has an inn, and it'll give you a little bit amount of spell energy, um, and you have to wait there for, like, five minutes for it to refresh unless you can go hit another one of the ends. Um it's just not smooth and also there's no passive generation of spell energy so like I've been like I ran out of spell energy and I didn't get to chance because I was playing with my LTCP and I went to work and I didn't get a chance to play for two days and then she was like I really want to play let's go out and let's walk around and then I walk around and I hit the first thing and it's like you have no energy to play this that's bonkers to me that like I didn't passively generate anything over two days. Like, there's not a passive generation mechanic. That is mechanic very weird. Where like, okay, so I want to play right now with my girlfriend, but you're telling me I need to go to an inn. Like, mo- I need to hit like, and and it's 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 stingy with this. It's really stingy. So like. So like I'm a low level, my max spell energy is 75, and I can burn through that entire spell energy hitting one of the gyms, right, or one of the dungeons. And a traditional amount of energy I'll get back from hitting an inn is like six. That's not a joke. And then there's five minutes on a recall, on like a cooldown to hit that same thing. That the most you can get is 25. So it would so one whole so one whole dungeon attempt 75. The best you can get if you, like, luck out, hit the lottery, 5% chance at an end is 25. But the normal thing is, like, three spell energy or six spell energy with a five-minute cooldown on it. So, like, what is that? That's that's insane that, like, the game straight up was, like, after two days of not playing this, it was, like, no, you're not going to play right now. To, to me, that's, like, that is, like, a death knell. Is, like, that alone is, like, uh, like... It's fine. Energy stamina is fine if I can play a little bit. If I can play an hour or two with my LTCP, and then I have to go to work, and then two days later we get a chance to play again, that's fine because I'll have built it up again. But if it doesn't passively generate, and we played, and then now like I'm not ready to play again until like I grind out that spell energy, that's.
0: Or you could buy it, right?
1: I'm um, yeah. I'm sure you can. Uh, it's too bad because, like, there could be interesting things, but yikes Aru, They just did not... And, and they were... this was in the oven for a really long time, but I don't think that they found the magic. I think the reason why I was in the oven for so long was, like, as far as I can tell, it's like Warner Brothers probably was like, you got to make this when Pokemon Go was popular. They said to Niantic, like, you have to make Harry Potter of this. And Niantic spent so long figuring out, like, okay, this is great. We got the money for this, but what the hell does a Harry Potter version of this look like? And i don't think they ever found the magic you know they never found the fun kind of that's
0: too bad it's too bad
1: too because like my ltcp obviously loves this world and like i even if i don't love it like i enjoy you know walking around with her and seeing that she's excited but like i want her to be excited in a good thing maybe she thinks that when she's like wow look at him playing epic seven
0: huh any other games for
1: e games, no. You did come over her house, and we played Netatanka.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I liked that a fair amount. Um, I think the thing I would say, the only thing that I think is like really cool about it, other than having a good presentation, is it's a worker placement game. But uh, the the concept is that you're a part of this uh, like Native American tribe, and uh, you want to be the next like leader of the tribe but you do so by being like generous which i think is really cool Is like you're not you're not people warring. Cool you're not warring with each other you're a part of a tribe and in doing so you're trying to be like a better leader which doesn't mean like killing the person it means like outperforming them like getting more stuff to feed more people uh, building more tents doing all this other stuff but i think the core concept that had got me interested in this originally was like you, the resources in that game, uh, in a lot of other games, like you pull resources off of a, uh, like a, uh, like a, like a, like a, uh, a bank, right? That, like, exists off the table, it exists off the board, like it's a supply that you're just pulling it off of, but, and you have X amount of supply as you have uh, tokens in the game. But, um, in Netatanka, I think the really cool thing is, like, you want to feed. You want to go for a strategy where you feed uh, your, like, tribesmen so uh, and women and gender non-binary. So you want to get meat, right? But meat doesn't grow on trees. It doesn't just exist outside the board. So someone has to first go to a, like, and it's a work placement. So someone has to first go to a place to hunt a buffalo. And if they hunt a buffalo and they kill the buffalo, then someone else needs to go to a place that's like a like skinning and like a tannery uh, yeah, tannery, where it's like they're going to skin it and they're going to cut up all the meat and then there's another place where you can cook you can use like wood to burn one wood to cook two meat to get two meat off the board i think that's really cool i think that's really cool. cool
0: but but i but i also felt like the uh the generosity aspect of it and like working together doesn't happen that often because since you're One of the things about this worker placement game that's different from a lot of other worker placement games is that uh, you take all of your actions at once and then the next player takes theirs. So you just queue up uh, you going to the tannery and then uh, essentially, you know, also uh, killing the buffalo and then going to the tannery. Yeah. So it wasn't that frequent that like,
1: someone would help oh. someone that like, cause that's what I yeah. wanted more was the concept of like, we're out of me. You know, you know what? that Like if I was going to, I love a lot of aspects of that, but I want to see a board game that does this, but it, it changes of va- It has a sliding scale of value based on like, this is almost like a food chain magnate thing almost where it's like, there's a lot of meat and skin there's a lot of mead and hide already in the tannery. So hunting a Buffalo is of low value because we have that resource. But if some, but if people overdraw it because someone's going for that strategy, then the like reward for going there should, should be like based on like, you know, like an economy of scale where it's like now the reward for this, the generosity is greater for going to this space because we really need more meat and hide um i would think that'd be kind of cool uh, i could see this
0: game getting an expansion along with a variant that there was variants actually that we didn't like we didn't that. interact
1: with but uh, uh
0: overall i thought it was pretty neat and it was uh, pretty good to look at It's it is really nice to look that, at that when we were you know during that session i was even more jazzed for wildlands
1: yeah um it was
0: it's really cool how um you know so wildlands for those who haven't heard us talk about this before. It is how do you how do you even describe it? It's sort of like a, a dudes on a map, um, death team deathmatch game, where you are all controlling unique units that have different abilities based on a deck of cards that you're drawing from. And uh, as this as this game has lived out its life, they've introduced some new, car- some new teams of uh, of 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 heroes yeah, adventurers factions, sure. who who um you know sort of break the rules of the game in yeah they definitely routes. push
1: the envelope more than the original characters uh there's one that uh that is undead group that has uh one extra unit that is allowed more over the other people that have five so these have six i believe and uh instead of having cards that correlate to a specific unit they have like ranged units and melee units so uh that's interesting um they punish you in other ways of like it's not that easy to find what you want when there's only two units so you can only have like two options available rather than like a card that has a bunch of different scattered units for different units that's uh a little bit more inside baseball then there's a adventuring adventuring party that is one less unit but more power in those units um, and so it gives you some other ways to play around with it by making the game a little more dynamic for that player.
0: Yeah, and also one of the ways to get points is by uh, eliminating enemy units. So because the adventuring party has fewer units, it's harder to score points off of them.
1: And they can also heal, so you can have this strategy built around like uh, tanking. I think in some of the maps that it would work out really well. Uh, we didn't get a chance to play... We haven't pushed that game true you know what i mean like we like one time we played for a couple hours and and i had like like an absolute blast uh playing for a couple hours and going back and forth with you and we didn't even flip the map over like
0: it took us the core map is so good it took us two it took us like
1: six months or something to to flip the map over that's wild Yeah. yeah um uh, there, there, there. Wildlands is is a really weird game because it's it stuck it it's stuck in the minds of us, uh, as a group for way longer than I could have given it. I could have imagined giving it credit for, and it's something that I often think of. Like, it's very easy for me to think like oh, I'm going somewhere. What should I bring? Wildlands. It's a it's a crowd pleaser. Um, and nothing plays like it. Like it it's it's another genre. Like. I have a bunch of games that do uh, dudes on a map, that do worker placement, that do all these kind of things. And uh, Wildlands is definitely, like, there isn't anything that is like Wildlands. And it's a Martin uh, it's very, Wallace, It's right? very weird. It's Martin Wallace for some reason, um, which makes even less sense to me. Like, it's kind of weird because he makes these games that, like, I just want to bring everywhere like Brass or Bross or um, or Wildlands. Uh, but Bross is this, like, hardcore uh like economic game of being like this like shady capitalist tycoon uh it, during what like 18 1700s uh 1773 baby
0: 1773
1: uh uh europe uh in birmingham uh but uh then you have this other game that's like this fun fast weird 15 30 minute game of like uh dudes on a map that's got a way different style that's like about playing cards um i want to see like us have the stamina to like bang out a couple rounds over and over again and see uh uh more of a meta develop because the best moments of that game are uh you trying or like i'm not always great at that especially since like sometimes i get bored and i want to create like a a fun moment even if i'm not the one who uh is the one to have the yeah who gets to have the fun moment i want to be the one to like see a fun moment set up and practice and then like create an opportunity almost for Mm -hmm. like two people so with wildlands i've noticed the last two times we played like i went a little like aggressive so that i could create uh like the point of the game is stuff like you know stealing someone else's turn to be able to finish off a character or like two character two people are fighting with these two characters and then you steal that turn pop up a character that didn't even exist on the map like just reveal a character like here is this character now i'm gonna aoe that spot i'm gonna kill two characters at the same time because you guys are battling and like that kind of like constant like push pull and stuff like that um so i want to see more of that develop uh i think that if, if the only thing I've, like, noticed is that... I don't know if it's... Maybe four players would be different. But with three players, it's kind of weird. Because you can have a more passive... You have that um, Smash Brothers style game. Where with two players, I feel like it's more aggressive on each other. Um, and because, like, you've got this one opponent that you have to crack. And uh, with three players uh when two people are fighting it takes so much heat off of one player that they can be passive and like go around like my LTCP seems to like value that passiveness and just trying to go around and scoop up the crystals and then not get into a lot of fights um and it works
0: and she's won both times yeah and
1: it works and like that's like i want to see i don't know like i would almost want to see like more points like if it were like if let's say if it were six points to win a game of wildlands, it would be interesting because you couldn't just go all in on one or the other thing. like you have to get like, you know, you have to do a kill, you have to get crystals, you know, something like that. Like it's a little too easy. Like the games end quickly and can like end almost out of nowhere sometimes, whereas like I want to see a little bit more development.: Yeah, I feel you. But yeah, Wildlands is fantastic. And are there any
0: games you've been like wanting to play that you just? Uh, oh, I mean, i I feel like I was you? just
1: thinking, and you just prompted me. Thank you so much. Uh, my my day of birth is coming up. The year of my 29th uh, is is upon me, and uh, you know we were going back and forth on some of the birthdays. What should we play? What should we play? Um, what if we played Ti? What if? But it would take too much time. I'm putting my foot down. It's Ti. It's TI, baby. Wow. Yeah, it's TI, baby. I want to play TI. I got, I've got i got 10 days off this month. It's the first time I'm going to have to myself. I'm going to play board games, and I'm going to do TI, and we are going to finish TI on my birthday. That's what I want. That's it.
0: Lofty goals. It's, Lofty that, goals. That's who it. Who are you going to get in on It's that. not even
1: a debate. It's not, oh, but it. we could play six other games if we don't play it. No, it's not. It's TI, baby.
0: Who are you going to get in on that?
1: Um, the LTCP says that the, she regrets last year and will get in on that.
0: I uh, doubt it. I, I, and if she does, I hope that she doesn't regret her thoughts halfway through.
1: I hope so, too, because I think that TI could be everything. It has the right to be everything. I want to see...
0: It's a, it was a, I've played it. It's good.
1: I, I still think that like some of my best moments of board games have been getting getting fooled in T.I. I love that.
0: I think I'd play it again.
1: I want to see T.I. I think uh, Gway could be a strong T.I.
0: Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that. I definitely want to. So, hmm. I will tell you that I probably cannot get a day off of work. But your birthday is, what, on a Sunday or something? I will...
1: I don't think so. I think it's like a Tuesday. Club blowing up on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. That's the 24th. But I'm off. So I think I'm off 21 through 30.
0: You should uh, lock that in, especially with Galloway, since his uh, schedule's erratic. Well, what's a good day? Cause then, You'll have to ask him.
1: Because then a day off, a good day off is like 21 or 28 is... Those are both Sundays, and then there's Saturday at the twenty seventh.
0: Saturdays are good, and uh, I on Fridays my work day ends at two, which means I can typically get home at around three. And then
1: Friday could be one of the best ones, just because yeah. uh, I definitely want a day where no one's worried about the next thing. I don't want people to be stressed out, like like I got to wake up tomorrow. I want it well, definitely. Then to isn't be,
0: the twenty seventh the I best? Want, day? I want it to be
1: yeah, because I want it to be focused on like we are playing Ti, and that's it. And like, there's not a, there wasn't a hope to play, to bang this out and then do the next game. It was, this is what we got to do.
0: Hell yeah. So uh, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean... Maybe
1: we'll not, maybe we will, or maybe we won't ban character classes. I think it would be fun if, uh, we forced another player into a character class or if it was like, did we do something where it was like, we did a draft, um, like you got three random class, uh, uh faction placard kind of things. And you had to choose between those three random factions.
0: Yeah, so I think another thing that would be fun, and I think I mentioned this last time is uh, you choose um, two, you choose two, and, and then, then the someone person else to chooses your right chooses of those two who they want you to play.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. I like that I, I, I super like that, so I, I, I could see going with that. I just want to see. A, I just want to see a game of Ti.
0: Yeah, it would be fun to play a whole game of Ti. Um, but for now, I think that that's actually the the deal with the games.
1: All right. Take if I away. had to guess, take us away.
0: Uh, WTDG podcast is the, the name place to go of the game. It's the name of the Twitter account. Um, you know, that's where that's where you could get us at. We love Twitter. Big Twitter fan. Uh, this week on Twitter a rap artist accidentally credited me for being the director of his, um, of his newest hit. Don't tell him and this guy's, this guy's got like eight K followers. Whoa. Your resume just got no, way I bigger. Think that it's actually like 18,000 followers. And this Damn,
1: James. Awesome. You got your so resume. I, just got, I, and I, and you I can put that on your I resume. Like,
0: hey, Hey, this isn't me. And he didn't correct it. And, uh, all of these all of these Asian girls added me on Twitter so that's where I'm at wow who knew so I guess I directed a music video but you can find uh, us at the at sign wtg podcast uh, and if you're a big fan of uh you use the you you ever use like URLs I'm not talking about like reddit but like you go to like Do we still got that link. you can find us at sign wtgpodcast.com and yes we still have it
1: Thank you, Ryan Gowan Crying for the use of your old music. We use the intro and the outro revive off the old album Beyond the Fleet and Gales. You can find them at the Rump for Cover Bandcamp.
0: Maybe more uh Crying one day, right?
1: Yeah. Or not under that name, possibly, but we'll see. I mean Music is good. he's, 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 he's... he's hyper talented. He's gotta get it out in one way, you know what I mean? It's like uh it's like the law of just physics. Like it's like, you know, you, you got he's got too much talent. It's gotta burst out one way or the other. There's only limited volume in his body for the talent that he's got. And it's building up so, so hard, creating such pressure that it's going to burst. Hmm. Yeah.
0: That's how that goes, huh?
1: That's how talent works, I, as, as I understand it.
0: Well, I sure hope he gets it out soon then. All right.
1: <laughs> I hope he has the free time to be able to get that out. Put on a couple candles.
0: Um. Thanks, Ryan.
1: Put on an oil diffuser. Turn the lights low and get that talent out. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, James. You know and, what I just found? Uh, dibs.
0: Podcast here. Ruined it.
1: Thank you. Yep. Bye.